It's a very personal, very important thing. Are you ready, Jerry? I'm ready. Just want to make sure you're ready, brother. Here it is. Show me the money. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Under the Covers, presented by No Easy Buckets. Uh, we're back here with another week of best bets. Um, all three of us are actually kind of like on the move this week. Mike and Clay are um, out of town uh, recording from hotel rooms, so it's a little bit shorter, no voicemails, but we're still here uh, cranking out the best bets. Uh, good to have you guys back. What up, what up, what up? <laughs> there it is. Yeah, good to be back. Best week in pod history last week. Went four and one. I believe Mike went four and one as well. So that's we are eight on fire. Weekends. I'm a, a le- don't like to brag, you know, but I will brag. But well, you I have will to. a little bit. Eleven and four in my last three weeks. So we're really in the in the stretch run right now. So I got what three weeks of uh, regular season left. So it's time to uh, put the foot on the pedal. Yep. Yeah, we're to. rolling right now. Definitely yep. rolling. Uh, I wish Snitch. I really hope Snitch went all against mine so he could still call me lose our money mike uh but either way four and one we'll take that all day and then the only loss was Tulsa yukon i just gotta quit betting on trash games but either way um all cylinders are flowing well we're rolling yep and uh also too i don't know if i mentioned it but Ate and uh, Snitch went six and one combined on their picks last week, so everybody was making money. Uh, they had a couple crossover games with some of their own too, so everybody all around kind of had a good week. Let's hope that uh, things don't <laughs> find their level this week and we keep uh, keep riding. Dude, it, was <laughs> it, won't, it won't even matter. Like everything worked. <laughs> yeah, it won't even matter because they didn't call in and leave us a voicemail. The level of disappointment. If you go six and one and don't call in the next week with a voicemail, it's extremely high. Mm-hmm. Snitch, hey, Tate, you're dead to us now. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, I mean, it's it's your own loss for not following up a good week with a voicemail. But hey, what can we do? What can we do? Um, so yeah, like you said, last week was pretty good. Uh, last week we uh, we all had some success on the bets. Um, uh, also, um, there was some big games last weekend. Uh, LSU Alabama was. Uh, and what everybody was looking forward to, um, we had the Georgia-Kentucky game, 2.30, which was was pretty good. I mean, Kentucky made a late run, made it close, respectable, but it wasn't like a bad game. Like, Kentucky's defense still had some exciting plays. And then LSU and Bama was like we kind of expected it. I mean, Bama controlling it. I, I attended the most watched game of the whole weekend. Oh. Tennessee hosted UNC Charlotte. The final score was 14-3. to and all the points were, like, within the first 10 minutes of the game. Talk about brutal in Neyland Stadium. Just if you sat, did you sit through all four quarters, Mike? Oh, hell no. I was out by the third quarter. Oh, okay. I had to go watch the I ending think... of that Will Greer, the Will Greer show. on Herman. That was paid. We got paid on that one. Yep. I was just about to hit that. But that, that throw by Will Greer is why he'll play on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And here's the pod. We uh, we are in agreement. Anytime Texas loses, that's a good Saturday. So shout out to Will Greer and Dana Holgerson. Yeah, that was shout a that was a Todd Herman. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. Uh, that that game was crazy. That throw, like you said at the end, was was just. I mean, that's that's in it. Everybody was drooling over that one. And then the I love how Holgerson was like, 
uh, to Greer on the sideline after the score. He was like, you want to do it? And he said, let's go. Let's go for two. Up and and win they, the, they, they basically scored twice. <laughs> they scored twice. So they, had the, they, they, they had the slant pass to Sills, but it was a timeout by Herman that negated it. And they went back and just ran the same formation, but just uh, Greer bailed out and scrambled and in. But, nothing, uh, nothing makes me happier than when he called that timeout, Tom Herman's grin. He thought he had just won the game with that brilliant timeout call. <laughs> oh, so, see Will Greer then oh my run God. in and immediately go horns down into the face of UT. That's why I watch football every Saturday. Love the horns and down. For anybody who, anybody who bet on that West Virginia plus two, anytime you got a team that's going for the win and they're only down one, it's like it's a win-win. They get yeah. it. Awesome. If they don't, I'm still covered. Yeah, because oh, overtime, overtime would have pretty much, you know, unless West Virginia won, basically would have screwed you. Um, yeah. So, that's I mean, the, that, that's the horrible thing about overtime. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that was some exciting games. I mean, Alabama is who we thought they were. Not much to talk about that game. LSU offensively is pretty, you know, pretty, pretty Joe terrible. Burrow. Yeah, just. Joe Burrow is who we thought he was. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I, I didn't think they were good all season. They've had a really good defense, and they just capitalized, and some teams have played bad against them. But, I mean, they're a legit – I mean, they're not a bad team, but I, they're not – they weren't number three in the country. So, we'll we'll see how the rest of their season goes. They got a couple uh, – they got Arkansas left. But, um, but yeah, I mean, was there anything else last weekend, or are we all ready to get into the uh, into picks? Let's get into these picks. Ready to November's good to us. Let's do it. Um, well, let's uh, go ahead and start off with you, Clay. What's your first one? This All right, week? just a little head, heads up. Uh, I'm on the road this week. Haven't done as much research as usual, but the winners will be there. Mm-hmm. We'll start out with 11 o'clock game. Back on this fatal miss train. Hate to do it, but it's just too easy. A&M minus 11 and a half versus Ole Miss. Here's all the info you need to know. Ole Miss has the worst defense out of any Power 5 team and the worst coaching staff out of any Power 5 team. They have just a clown offensive coordinator in Phil Longo. I watched the whole game last Saturday. They're getting to the red zone seven times, Most, more importantly inside the 10, and only get three touchdowns out of it. They once ran a, uh, a reverse pass to a guy who, number 93, who didn't even have a name on the back of his jersey. Only player on the sideline without a name on his jersey on Saturday. Ole Miss has an NFL receiver in A.J. Brown. No, they're throwing at number 93, who we, who is not even on the roster. I looked up the roster as soon as I saw that clown noise, and there, he's not even on the roster. So, as long as we got Phil Longo calling plays, Jordan Tamu got hurt last Saturday, this is just too easy for A&M. Oh, this, is whole, this Ole Miss team is just – they're in bad shape. So, you said 11 and a early, half? 11 and a half, Saturday morning. Yeah, and the, uh, the pick for South Carolina was – Easy money, I thought at first, but Ole Miss didn't make it again for a little while. But no, I think they get routed in College Station. Give me that. Mm-hmm. And no, uh, you said don't Tamu even, don't even need to buy the hook. Is Tamu playing, or is that kind of has that been released yet? Is it like does it look like he's going to play? He, I mean, he ha- he has to play. They yeah. uh, they let Matt Corral take three snaps on Saturday, so he only has one more game. Oh, that uh, he could take a snap in and not be redshirted, and they don't have anybody besides him. It's it's not a dumpster fire because you still have some NFL talent on the offensive side of the ball, but talk to me in a month. That's when it'll be a dumpster <laughs> fire. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you got uh, 
Go ahead, Mike. I said, who do the Ole Miss have next week? Vandy. Oh, God. Ooh. That leads me into my next pick, or my first pick. <laughs> Go got, ahead. We got the, the fighting doors of Derek Mason. They're 17-point dogs at Mizzou this weekend. And as you saw, which was probably the biggest shock of the weekend, in my opinion, was how bad Missouri put it on Dan Mullen and the Gators winning 38-17 to in the swamp. I just think it's a good trap game for Vanderbilt to get these points. Um, Mizzou getting a hangover, big win last week. Um, the rest of their schedule is pretty powder puff. But I think this is definitely a good game for Derek Mason to go in, especially off a bye. They've covered four of their last five on the road. 5-0 and against the number for the year. I think this line is just way too high for this matchup. I just – I see a lot of value in Vanderbilt, keeping it within two touchdowns. Uh, coming off the bye, successful trip to Arkansas, which we tried to fade Vandy. We paid for it. Gave Derek Mason plenty of time this week to prep. Drew Locke, you know, obviously if they can maintain him, I think this easily covers, but it may be a backdoor situation. But Vandy's got the opportunity to get them air balls going because Kyle Shermer, as much as I crap on him, Mizzou's ranked 119 in passing yards allowed, so you best believe Vandy's going to get some points. So I think 17's too high. We're rolling with the doors. 17 seems crazy high. I don't, is there, like, something we don't know about that one? Like, is somebody injured? If it's too good to be true, it probably is, right? Yeah. I don't know. That is, that is the golden rule of gambling. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, this is a big one for my Vandy uh, over win total, right? I mean, they they got it at five, or no, it was four. Dude, it's like three and a half it, with the future. Yeah, I think they've yeah. already hit it. Yeah, I mean, they have four. I I thought it was at four. I was like, so it would be a push, but I feel good. Vandy's with these house money right now. Yeah. So I mean, with you know, Ole Miss next, I, I think seventeen seems kind of crazy, like. Missouri, they have a good rush defense. I know that, and that's why Florida struggled because, you know, they're not – you know, the, Franks is not that good of a passer right now. But, I mean, I just thought they haven't played consistent enough, like, offensively. And there's been some dud Drew Locke games. I, I, I don't know. I, 17 just seems like a lot. It seems like it's a no-brainer to take Vandy. But um, – Well, let's hope it pays. Yeah. What's your next one, Clay? All right, next one I uh, I got. Syracuse, Orangeman, at home, giving 21 points to Louisville. This Louisville team is already in dumpster fire mode. Last four games, Louisville's given up 66, 38, 56, and 77. You do the math, that's a 59.25 average of points given up (laughs) your last four games. Meanwhile, Syracuse last four, they've scored 37, 40, 51, and 41. Louisville, two and seven. They lost to to Clemson last week, 77 to 16. This team is in dumpster fire mode. Bobby Petrino's lost control. He's got about three games left. He's a lame duck coach. Everybody knows he's gone. Mark Ennis, Louisville reporter this week, reported that a source inside the athletic department has told him that up to 20 Louisville football players have already requested their paperwork to transfer after this fall. So we're in dumpster fire mode right now. We're probably fading Louisville for the rest of the year. So I got Syracuse minus 21. Dino Babers, he's our coach. He always covers for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think um, with Petrino, 
this is his lowest this is like his worst year in coaching period with yeah. two wins Wait, so is far. This it? Yeah. Is this it like, for him? Like, so this is, no, this is I, I don't think he's gone. I, I, I don't think you can ask a coach that brought that program from what it was, especially like given the fact that every program he's gone to, he's improved. But even though, you know, two wins is unacceptable, whether you're Louisville or anybody else in a power five school, but I don't know. I don't know what the situation is. Maybe he's got another side piece, but we'll, <laughs> well I mean, I he's we'll got figure that out. Multiple. It definitely has a side piece, but he's probably I mean, on the, he, not on the motorcycle. Do you think like this is like an intentional play? He has a huge buyout. I'm pretty sure it's a pretty large buyout. And I heard, uh, I think it was SVP talking on SportsCenter this week, saying that the fact that Louisville has, like they're paying all this buyout money for the basketball program and all this other stuff that's going on in the university. So they've already got a lot of uh, money on the outs for people that aren't there. So, like, if that may influence their decision to hold on to him, but I mean, maybe Petrino's just 14 wants million. to get out. Yeah, maybe he just wants it's to get out. Million. Combine I mean, that with the sponsorship from Papa John's on the stadium getting ended because Papa mm-hmm. John's wasn't smart. <laughs> Louisville's in financial. Yeah. Dyers, you could say. Yeah. It's so, I mean, that's there. Yeah. I mean, you got, who knows? Maybe, maybe they keep him just to save the money, but if you're losing players like that, you're risking setting that program back I mean, years. Yeah, like, I mean, if you lose all those players, this is a three-, four-, five-year setback. So Yeah, it's going to cost you more than $14 million, so you might as well just go and ahead and cut it. it. It's, it's a new AD, correct? Because the AD yeah. got, got outed with uh, Patino, so. Yeah, I could see him going just, like, the route of, like, the clean up the program. And they've already got, was it Chris Mack, I think is his name, the guy from Xavier uh, or Cincinnati yeah, that was uh, – yeah, basketball coach. He's a pretty clean cut guy. Like, I mean, he's he looks like he's going to do some good things there. Maybe they just rid themselves of Petrino and go for some, uh, you know, uh, up and comer or something that's going to do things. You know, kind of like a PJ Fleck or whatever uh, from last year, who like everybody loved. So um, maybe they'll not I mean not hire him, but somebody like that from like a smaller school. But we'll see. It definitely fade Louisville the rest of the season. Yeah, um, no doubt. So you got them, uh, uh, Syracuse minus minus twenty one. Yeah, and what do you got next, Mike? So we're gonna jump back on the Wazoo train. We got to ride Mike Leach. Uh, Ate unfortunately picked this one last week against Cal. That was the first game they hadn't covered all year. So props to him there. I mean, you gotta keep betting on the horse that's winning. So I mean, last week they had thirty one seconds left in that game to pull out a win. By the way. They won 19 to 13, a scare and basically a humble check for Leach. I think, uh, but good teams, they fight adversity, right? They still got a playoff chance. Um, obviously, there's going to be a lot of scenarios going down in order for that to happen. But I think they have to keep maintaining a good level of blowing out people they should. And Washington State, they are a six and a half point favorite going into Colorado. You got the playoff chain or the playoffs coming up. You got to go into Colorado with a convincing road win. Keep that resume up. Colorado, they're five and zero to start out, but they've lost four straight, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of disappointing for them. They are three and eight against the spread at home, and they're past eleven. Garner Minshew, everyone knows that name now, but earlier this year, no one knew who he was. This guy has racked up at least three hundred yards a game, every single game this year. It continues on Saturday. 
Colorado's defense, 76 in passing yards allowed, including 350 last week to Arizona's finest Khalil, Khalil Tate and trash Oregon State with 45 the week before. And then here's a key fact to know. LaVisca Shinault Jr., who is the best wide receiver for Colorado, is actually questionable. He's missed the past three games with a toe injury. Uh, they've got a lot of questionable injuries right now at Colorado. It's yet to be established. There's several people that are key offensive players for Colorado or even yet to play yet. So I think we just buy into that. Leach is going to go back on the cover train. Good name drop. I agree with that. I like that pick. Not that I picked it, but did you see why they didn't cover last week? Yeah, threw a pick in the end zone, didn't he? Or Minshew uh, threw a pick? He he did do that, but Washington State was returning a pick six, like late in the third quarter, and the guy was inside the 10, and he just fumbled and kicked it out of the back of the end zone. Just booted it. Oh, I didn't do that. Then it was a touchback. Oh, my God. That would have probably yeah, was, easily covered it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It would have put the foot on the throat. Yeah. There I mean, was that's a lot the, of unforeseen circumstances that caused Wazoo not to cover last week. So, can't that blame the, anybody that bet on Wazoo last week. That Cal game was the game that cost them last year. It was about the same point in the season. They, uh, I think it was like a Thursday night game, or maybe it was just a late night Saturday game that, that was the only one on. But they lost at Cal. And, uh, you know, that kind of screwed them up for, like, uh, was it the division championship or the Pac-12 championship, something like that. Um, but they were – I think they were, you know, one loss or two losses last year at that point, too. So, for them to get by the Cal program that looks pretty – has looked pretty good at times this year, that's that's a good win. That's the game that, like, okay, this team's for real. They're going to go and win the Pac-12. They, they need to win out, and, and they have a – you know, still keep the playoff hopes alive, so. I, I would love for Leach to be in the playoff. Like, please, I don't care who gets out, who gets put out. Please, Washington State. The media well, days would be gold. Media yeah. days would be gold. Yeah. The Washington State flag on every TV station. Um, yeah, so uh, good game there. You're taking them minus six against uh, – And a half. Some, minus six and a half against uh, Colorado. Uh, what about your score? the hook, take it to six. <laughs> Next we have my favorite team. That I love riding the Memphis State Tigers. Oh. Memphis pulled a, pulled away late last week against ECU. They were struggling. Then they pulled away late, like great teams do. They got Tulsa at home this weekend. This Tulsa team is terrible. They're two and seven with their only wins coming against UCA and UConn. That's Central Arkansas for anybody out there. Darrell Henderson got back. Yeah, get that one. Darrell Henderson got back on track last week. He had 21 carries for 132 yards, two TDs. Meanwhile, receiving, he had three receptions for 72 yards and a touchdown, a 71-yarder from Brady White. Memphis, Mike Norvell, I think he feels the pressure. He knows in the city that this football team is one more loss away and a James Wiseman commitment away from being completely irrelevant. Mike Norvell knows what he has to do. Penny Mania is in full force. This football team has to stay relevant. They have to keep winning. They roll by three touchdowns against Tulsa this weekend in the world-famous Liberty Bowl. <laughs> Tiger High, getting it done. I think, they better. Yeah, I think that's a, it's a safe play, especially given that they're at home. They're definitely more questionable on the road, but they definitely did pick up their bootstraps and finish out covering against ECU. 
Um, but yeah, you got to stop inside, inside the 10 under 30 seconds to get that cover for us, too. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't watch that because I had them in a parlay, which I took two of our bets or two of my bets and two of your bets, Clay, and the four-game parlay hit. So we're, we're that good on our picks. But overall, that's an easy one. But my third one, which is Clay Hall's second favorite team, is the Central Florida Golden Knights hosting Navy. I'm on the total here. The over 63. UCF ranked 97th in rushing yards allowed this year. That's all Navy does, people. They're the triple option. Ranked third in rushing yards on offense. Temple. I know I gave Clay a lot of crap on this last. I mean, they covered, but either way, Temple racked up 670 yards and scored 40 points on Central Florida last week. I think Navy gets points. I don't think they score as many as Temple does, but I still think that's enough for UCF to go in there and rack it up because UCF, they're having zero problem scoring points. That's McKenzie Milton's bread and butter, getting points. Navy defensively is allowed 36 points a game and they ranked 101st in passing yards allowed. That's all McKenzie Milton needs to do is just pick up the ball and throw it. That's the least amount of points UCF has scored this year. Oh, actually, the least amount of points they've scored this year is 31 against a rejuvenated Memphis team in a monsoon. A monsoon. Clay was there. He knows. But the under is the trend for both of these teams, like from week to week, which gives us a lot of value on 63 hitting the over. Yeah, you got that game too, don't you, Vince Clay? No, I, I don't have that over under. No, I mean the, has bread, the game. This point two and a half. Oh, I got the game. I was just going to say that for the last, but certainly not least. But we'll make it four. We got okay. UCF minus twenty five and a half at home versus Navy. This is probably my least confident pick of the week. But UCF's coming on a nine day rest since they played last Thursday. And when they cover every week for you, you just got to ride McKenzie Milton. So there's no research needed here. UCF minus 25 and a half. The defending national champs keep it rolling. Yeah. That's a, I don't think they'll have a problem scoring in that game. So uh, just hopefully Navy doesn't get it down into the mud. <laughs> like last week, I think they had the ball. The first possession was like seven or eight minutes. <laughs> it was crazy. Uh, um, yeah, so that was Clay's next game. Mike, what do you have next? We got my beloved alma mater, Mississippi State, traveling to Tuscaloosa against the Alabama Crimson Tide. Don't worry, people. I'm not betting on Mississippi State. I'm smarter than that. I've got the under 53. We got, you know, by the way, it's been since 2007 since the dogs have actually beaten Alabama. But the past 10 years, we've lost by an average of 22 points. Um, just fun facts. But Moorhead really has to pull some tricks out of his butt to get some points on the board. I don't think they get more than two. And if by, by I mean two, I mean a touchdown and maybe a field goal if you get close enough. Both defenses are top tier. State is ranked second in the nation, allowing 12 points a game. Bama seventh, allowing 14 a game. 
And that 14, it's probably due to garbage time when they're up 45-3 to against teams like Louisiana Monroe and Trash Ole Miss. But either way, State has scored a total of 41 points in the past three road games. This is a good fact by Casey Green, shout out. 31 of those points were scored by Kansas State back in September when we thought Mississippi State actually had an offense. I don't think they break 14. The road offense, if you look at just on the road, they're ranked 121st in scoring. It's going to look a lot like last week with LSU-Bama. Bama's going to rack up 30-something points. State maybe get maybe get seven, maybe get ten, barring an injury with Tua or targeting call. But you got to hope something good happens quick for the Bulldogs. But this under is a lock. That's I got a lock to, uh, of the week. <laughs> I got to make a correction, Mike. You said uh, they Bama allows points in trash time against trash teams like Ole Miss. Actually, Ole Miss scored on the first play of the game and then never scored again. Also, I stand corrected. Bama, Bama, the only <laughs> time – was three plays later when Bama scored, so Bama's trailed for all of three plays this year. So I just have to <laughs> correct when you're incorrect. <laughs> no, I appreciate you calling me out. I, I made a bad statement. Um, I don't know about the trash Ole Miss part, but I did make the bad statement of them scoring in garbage time. Which, which maybe it's garbage time for Alabama. I don't know. Either way, take yeah, it all. I mean, that was I got, the, I got Bama at twenty four. Take twenty four all day. I don't think we cover that. Yeah, I mean that's still a high line for the SEC. But I mean, it doesn't, especially with the stat about the points we scored on the road. I mean, like it's been it's been awful since Kansas State. I mean, like you said, ten points. So there's no reason to believe that against you know a top two or three defense in the country, we're going to put up you know, any, <laughs> honestly, but I mean, we'll probably get something, but I think the under is the play. Cause I don't think they'll, uh, I think that our defense is good enough to where they don't put up a, you know, a 55 points or something like that on their own. So, uh, you know, barring any early, uh, hell Mary's by Joe Moorhead, I think it's a pretty straightforward Alabama win and cover. So there has to be multiple turnovers for Bama yeah. in order for Mississippi state to, to cover. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, Clay, what do you got? All right. Last but certainly not least, we're going to go to our favorite conference where they play big football. We got Purdue going on the road at Minnesota. I like Purdue minus 11 and a half here. This Purdue team, they're coming off a 38-36 road win at a ranked Iowa. Purdue has scored 42 or more on every Big Ten opponent since week one besides Michigan State. I like Purdue here. They're second in the Big Ten West. They still have a chance to make some things happen and, and clinch the Big Ten West and play in the Big Ten championship game. Minnesota, meanwhile, they're a dumpster fire. They lost 55-31 to in Illinois last week. Two weeks prior to that, they gave up 53 to Scott Frost and Nebraska team. I think this Purdue team is hot. They're, they'll cover by three touchdowns here on a, on a road win at Minnesota. Love it. Minnesota, yeah, they've been kind of disappointing this year. I mean, uh, you know, they brought in the Fleck or whatever, and everybody thought he was going to, you know, may have a chance to win that. Second time, second time we've mentioned P.J. Fleck on this episode. Yeah. I mean, he's the guy. <laughs> Name drop him twice. Uh, yeah, so uh, you've got uh, Minnesota – or what did you – what was the line on there one more time? 
Purdue minus eleven and a half. Minus eleven and a half. All right. So what's your last one, Mike? Yes, we have currently in the playoff hunt once again Notre Dame hosting Florida State. This would have looked like a great game beginning of the year, even two years ago when they scheduled this. But unfortunately, Florida State is not who we thought they were or will be anytime soon. Tigers had a rough year starting out. But Notre Dame's lane 18, for sure, against Florida State. Uh, Notre Dame's continued to be unbeaten. Three games left, with this one included. The only real competition left is uh, Clay's beloved Syracuse Orangemen at home. Then they go to South, South Southern California to play USC to press their ticket to the CFP. I think they're pretty much in, barring a few random things going around the league. I think they're a shoe in just because they're Notre Dame. And undefeated Notre Dame with their strength of schedule at the beginning of the year is pretty much a no-brainer. Um, but they've been bad this year. Florida State, I mean. Um, they've been blasted the past two weeks, NC State and Clemson, by an average of 34 points. Um, Clemson just scored again on Florida State, as I was talking. Um, Florida State's only covered two out of their last 10 games on the road. And Notre Dame can't afford to keep a close game with this team, especially if they want to keep their position in the playoffs. I mean, we're going to rack up three or four touchdowns ahead to better those chances. Florida State ranked 120th in passing yards allowed. Notre Dame's 34th in passing yards and 33rd in scoring. So the only way FSU is going to score is through the air. They're actually ranked 22nd in passing yards, which is surprising. But Notre Dame's 26th in allowing passing yards. So I think it's a blowout. Mm-hmm. Seems like That's it in be. South Bend? It's in South Bend. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a blowout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can't – like you said, they can't afford to – I mean, they had a close one with Northwestern, but that team yeah, gets pretty decent respect nationally, so it's not too big of a deal. But, yeah, they can't afford to have a, you know, a one-possession game with these guys, so I'm sure it'll be an easy cover for them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they look to be like they're in control of their own destiny. That Syracuse game will be fun because I feel like Fa- Dino Fabers, our guy uh, – He's going to try to pull the upset. I mean, that's their season. I mean, they have they've had a solid season so far. If they can get a Notre Dame win, that would be that would be insane for that program. It'd be better, better if they were. Go ahead, Mike. That's uh, Dino coaching for a big time gig there. You know, he yeah he wins eight or nine games at Syracuse with a win over Notre Dame. He's going to be in the uh, in the talks for some of the bigger jobs. All I'm saying he is he probably will. All I'm saying is Ole Miss should give him a call. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if hey, he'd go for it, but hot, hot take right here. Dino Babers will go to Penn State when Franklin heads to LA to be USC's coach. You heard it here first. Oh, I love it. Word. S- some good conspiracies. Um, but the South Carolina I mean the the Syracuse game next week, um, I think it's at Notre Dame. Am I wrong? No, it's in Yankee look. Stadium. It's in Yankee Stadium, actually. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, the um, oh, now we're talking. Mm-hmm. This is their seventh home game, by the way. Notre Dame. I think that this is their last one, I guess, since they play in a neutral place next week, and then they play USC, who's down two. But I mean, you look at the schedule at the beginning of the year of what Notre Dame played. I mean, they didn't play no powder puff UCF oh. schedule. I mean. No, that Michigan win is strong now. 
Yeah, very strong. Oh, yeah. And they won with and their almost, their the, the worst quarterback on the roster, Wimbush. So, still, that's even better. <laughs> well, what pick I did not put in here, which I almost did, was Michigan winning by more than 39 and a half to Rutgers. But I was like, eh, not worth it. Um, too high of a number for me to even think about putting on this pod. But either way, I, I don't see how Rutgers could even score points with how good Michigan's playing. So maybe who does Michigan plays Ohio State the next week, right? Or is that the last game of the year? It's the last. That's game. Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. Oh, I was about to say if it may be worth betting on Rutgers if they played Michigan or Ohio State the next week, that'd be a good look ahead game to take. But yeah, just kidding. Too much. Don't don't put too much faith in Rutgers. We've already given them enough air time. Um. So, uh, <laughs> but but yeah. So I mean, the, the playoff looks. It looks pretty interesting. I mean, there's it's going to be. I think there's like six teams that have a legit shot. I don't think. I mean, I I would love for Wazoo to get in there, but it's probably between um, the top four plus uh, you know Georgia, uh, maybe on the only other team on the outside looking in. So, um, but yeah, it's going to be a good weekend. We got three weeks left this week, and then two more left. So, and then That's we'll have to figure out how we're going to do bowl, figure out how how we're going to do bowl season. Bowl season is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Some good, uh, some good lines there. Um, but yeah, any other any other thoughts from you guys uh, before we get out of here? I do have one random thought, and it's it's particular with playoffs, so it's relevant for what we're talking about at least. But do you think, and both either one of y'all could answer, both of y'all could answer, even a voicemailer could answer if we had one for next week. But either way, do you think if Bama wins out? lose to Georgia for some reason in the championship, are they still going to – I mean, they're probably still going to get in, but how crazy would that be if they lost in the championship or, you know, have one loss and they yeah. still make the playoffs and they still win the whole thing? I mean, what in what scenario does Bama not get in and someone else gets in ahead of them if they have one loss? They're, they're in with one loss. LSU yeah. only fell what? They fell to seventh last night in the mm-hmm. playoff rankings after losing by, what, 29 at home to Bama? It just shows you how much respect the committee has for Bama. The only yeah. way Bama is not getting in is if they're a two-loss team. Even then, yeah. that's questionable. Especially with it being a conference championship game against the team that's ranked. I mean, what is Georgia now? Are they on a bye week against him? Yeah, they're like five. So, I mean, that's going to be – they would move up into probably three or two at that point. And so, I mean, they're not going to hold that against them. It would probably kick Michigan out, honestly. If everything stays the same, it would probably kick Michigan out, and then we'd have basically the same playoff as last year minus uh, Oklahoma add in uh, Notre Dame. So That would suck. Yeah. Honestly, that would suck. <laughs> I don't want Georgia in there. Like, I don't want there. another. I just want Bama, Notre Dame. Put Notre Dame in there. I don't care. Um, Bama. Notre Dame, and then Clemson. I guess you get you got to get Clemson yeah. their due. And then who's the number four right now? Uh, Michigan. Mich- Michigan will be in. We just need Michigan at the four for Shea Patterson to play Bama. That's all I need. Oh God, yes, that would be solid <laughs> to see him. Run. Oh, that would be that would be wonderful. But yeah, I mean, so it's going to be uh, it's it's some it's some good games left. I mean, there's going to everybody's pretty much in control of their own destiny. I don't think we're going to have 
teams that, especially if Bama wins out like they're supposed to, I don't think we'll really have anybody with much of a, uh, you know, much of an issue with what the committee's going to do because you know it is what it is. Uh, everybody's got to win their games, uh, including Michigan. So, um, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll be here for it definitely. Um, I think Bama may be overlooking Mississippi State this weekend. They got to play Citadel next week, so watch out. Sandwich. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, I, I doubt it. I doubt it. I hope though, maybe maybe Morehead can pull something out. But we'll go ahead and but get out of here. The third stringers are getting worried about. Yeah, but uh, but we'll go ahead and get out of here. Uh, just want to let everybody, you know, a reminder. I released uh, me and Blake released another NBA podcast earlier this week. Did some little NBA discussion. Um, and we'll, you know, trying to do Tuesdays and Thursdays with Thursdays for under the covers and Tuesdays for uh, basketball talk. So we'll keep uh, playing around with that and some new content ideas, but uh, everything's on the same uh, No Easy Buckets podcast feed, and you can always find it here. But uh, hopefully we get some voicemails next week. But for uh, but anyway, thanks for coming on, guys. Thank you. Anytime. See you next week. All right. See ya. Like you be this sweet, it got me cheesy.